Can we say why the shadow figure within me wakens in delight to see your form, to hear your laughter, and whispers, she? The subject of that poem was, of course, Songi. I'm going to close this presentation of my work with one of our duets. For Chip Defoe, speak to the dead, though they do not hear. Speak to the dead, though they do not hear. Speak to the dead, though they will not answer. Speak to the dead, though they will not answer. Speak to the dead, for they are near. Speak to the dead, for they are near. Nearer than you believe. Nearer than you believe. In their graves in the ground. In their graves in the ground. Or their ashes. Or their ashes. Speak to them, for they are pure spirit now. Speak to them, for they are pure spirit now. And no longer need your love or approbation or anyone's care. And no longer need your love or approbation or anyone's care. Speak to them, for they are like angels. Speak to them, for they are like angels. Their faces shining with non-existence. Their faces shining with non-existence. They are naked like angels. They are naked like angels. They too have wings. They too have wings. They smile in a way that is pure enigma. They smile in a way that is pure enigma. More baffling than La Gioconda. More baffling than La Gioconda. They are beyond suffering joy in the sorrows of love. They are beyond suffering joy and the sorrows of love. They chime like the Balangiga bells. They chime like the Balangiga bells. They knock at the door of your heart and demand that you answer. They knock at the door of your heart and demand that you answer. Marvelous. Oh, well, thank you, dear. That's that's us. <laughs> yes. A whole bunch of things. And uh, that was a pleasure to do. Now, you have, I believe, some eight minutes of your work, which I would very, very, very much love to hear. Well, Erica, I am so happy to be back with Jack on KPFA again. It feels like a long absence. Our last show was February 6th. My yard was not so full of these early spring flowers, and I don't remember that it was raining on and off as much as now. My mind was still on the new poems I'd written between the winter solstice and those first weeks of the new year, 2019. Then Valentine's Day hit, with three poems at once, and all in my new way of writing poetry that had been evolving since the solstice. My friend Sheila Jordan says, it's not a new way of writing, it's the same, except that I'm taking a longer perspective. I interpret that to mean that I am settling down into my octogenarian time. Like a Hollywood film camera, I'm dolling way back and fixing the lens so that I see the same scene from further back and further into the distance to capture a super long shot. Only two of those Valentine's poems are finished, and you'll hear them now. The first is called... Textile. Textile for Elizabeth Serrano. Bring your spinning wheel along and we'll make yarn while we chat. Tell stories made of whole cloth, woven of ancient tales from families cradling sorrows and pain, folded into creases and stitched tight to hold fast the millenniums we birth. 
Blood oozing stains our thighs that we open and close and lift to move through life, keeping us on the go, under, over, around and around, patterns evolving as we mix colors to dye threads, tying our dreams to our actions and the reactions they evoke. It makes a chain through the bloodline, nodding links connecting one to another, fabrics blown in the breeze, the flag of the mind, fanciful words to dress up language, glamorizing the charm of a ribbon that captures the heart, unfurling, uncurling, inching along, unmeasured yet growing, an evolution of consciousness, cuddling with warm breath, heating soft skin through the coldest night. The tale of survival persists, struggling through bouts of laughter and floods of tears. One ply, two ply, then five, knitting the balls so we can dress for the elements blowing us about. Bring your spinning wheel along and we'll make yarn while we chat. Tell stories of whole cloth woven of ancient tales under, over, under, over, past the shuttle along. This loom as vast as the universe in its constant motion, in this unfinished, never-ending saga, moving towards eternity, knowing no end. In the middle of the night, we experienced a power outage and another poem appeared. A poem by candlelight. Yes, it's romantic, but a little tense. Even after we assembled the candles, lighter, and candle holders you just hastily purchased because of another recent power outage, you whittled the tapers into the holders remolding the hot wax till the lit candles stood secure. Save your flashlight battery, you advised, as I cautiously made my way upstairs, lit candle in tow, hoping to watch the early dawn sunlight rescue us from the darkness. But the street lamp still sat in embarrassed obscurity, The storm blew about us. The candlelight's glow softened the look of the rooms. In earlier times, a woman would have arranged the room for this light. But our house is electricity dependent, its solar roof yearning for the sun. The candle's gentle light glows on the dawning of a new reality and an old love. There was yet another poem that night, but I'm still working on it. I'm beginning my third year of living in Vallejo and have connected happily with local poets from Vallejo and nearby Benicia. Among our arts community happenings are frastic events where poets and visual artists come together and poems are written inspired by the local artwork. My poem, called Jamboree, was about an oil painting of musical instruments that led to my writing a series of music and dance poems. Some of the influence on me to explore music in poems comes from being around Jack Foley, and some 
from the Benicia Poet Laureate number 7, who you'll hear about later. Jamboree. It's a party. Who could doubt it? Not the pair of female eyes whose feet began moving to unheard drums, her hips following and arms waving in abandon to this invitation to a party. Keyboard raising spirits from the earth, sprouting leaves off the string section, electric and acoustic world music, blending the universal impulse to dance to the music, dance to the music, dance to the music, moving forward while pushing back all that's behind you. Feeling the floorboards bounce you off the ground and down on the downbeat as all the other bodies say yes to a party, dance to the music, dance to the music, dance. A note about this next poem entitled Dance. Son Jarocho is a Veracruz Mexican dance form a tarama is a portable dance platform used to amplify the sound of the dancer's foot stomping. The musicians and dancers influence each other. Dance. The flamenco dancer holds up the world with the passion of her thighs, like the belly dancer's hips gyrating with tambourines and cymbals. The son jarocho dancer on her tarama stamps with the song. The gliding waltzers slide one, two, three, one, two, three across the floor, dizzying the world in twirls and dips. The sudden leg extension of the tango dancer entwining her partner's legs shocks and surprises. The ballerina on point lifts her leg with muscles that stretch past the stars. Graceful hand floats airborne and weightless, dancing bodies pushing against gravity, leaping, bending, twisting, never falling off planet Earth as it spins and rotates, moving, expanding, ever-defining infinity with its constant motion. That was absolutely lovely, absolutely. Though I do do wish you had a tap dancer in that last poem. <laughs> <laughs> yes, next I mean, one. Next one, okay, <laughs> yes. Um, they used to say, actually, there was a story that tap dancers used to tell, and that story was that, uh, you know, it's if you're trying to learn a dance step and you're right-handed, it's much easier to learn on your right leg the step than it is to learn it on your left leg. The left leg is more difficult. You've got to practice it more, etc. That kind of thing. So the tap dancers used to refer to the left leg as the church member, <laughs> the one that didn't want to be on the stage and disapproved of it all. Um, okay, we're, we're going to go to another kind of poem at the moment. And um, this poem of mine, it's called The Gloaming. And it's a tribute to that great Irish group, the gloaming, and uh, particularly to The Weight of Things, which is the stunning opening track of The Gloaming 3. It's a wonderful, wonderful recording. Maybe we may play it on the show at some point or another. It's a setting of a poem by an Irish poet, Lamb O'Murfield. Um, I wrote the poem, and my friend Jake Berry said to me, uh, you ought to, that ought to be music. I said, 
why don't you write it? <laughs> and Jake said, I was afraid you were going to say that. And he did. And so this was the result of that. I read the poem, and Jake sings what he made of it. This is the, uh, this is, uh, uh, the other flash drive that I have here, Jack 2, Nina Jack 4319. And uh, can we give that one a run? The gloaming, the weight of things, the gloaming, the weight of things, the gloaming, the weight of memory, the weight of the soul, the weight of your terror and of your refusal, the weight of teeth, the weight of resilience, the weight of narcissism, the weight of your eyes. The fury. In the world, no fire is tamed or ready to serve. Burning is vanishing. No song burns properly in the mind, in the memory. Nothing in any fireplace but springs forth into the room as smoke or heat to cause damage. No cigarette burns properly. No pipe can be smoked so as to confer advantage. Though hearts burn, none burn properly. All cause pain, vanishing. All danger lies here, even in the stove that cooks the broth, the match that lights the dark, the fever. In this is burning, burning. Fury in 
ready to sit Burning This vanishing No song burns properly In the mind and the Nothing in any fireplace but springs fall into the room. A smoke or heat to cause damage. No Properly, no pipe can be smoked. So, where's to confer advantage? No hearts burn, none burn properly, or cause pain. Vanishing. And that was Jake Berry singing his own setting of my poem, The Gloaming. That was beautiful, Jack. Beautiful. Thank you, my dear. And and you were talking about uh, Thomas Stanton. Yes, I was. But before we go to Thomas Stanton, I want to talk about your new book. 
Oh, well, it's not a book yet. It's not a book yet. So no one can buy it. We'll wait for a little while. I have a manuscript. It's going to be published. It's well, called One Sleep Comes Shillelagh Songs. And I won't wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. I will not wait. <laughs> okay. I've read that book. I didn't get to read the whole book. I'm still reading it. And I just want to tell listeners that the reason I'm loving reading it so much and the reason I want to tell you about it right now is because it's really, the book I think is really for you. It's really for us. Because the reason that I'm enjoying these poems as deeply as I am is because I've heard them Mm-hmm. I've heard these poems on this program with Jack. And so as I read them again, his full voice comes into it and his full being and the f- fuller meaning of the poem. So even though Jack insists that it isn't published yet, even though <laughs> I got to read the manuscript in advance. You're privileged, of course. Yes, <laughs> I want you to remember the title when you're ordering books, and it's called When Sleep Comes, Shillelagh Songs by Jack Foley. Well, it'll be out probably sometime in 2019. And one of the things I mentioned in the book is that by the time it's out, I will be 79 years old. And if you publish a book at the age of 79, you have to be prepared for the possibility that it might be your last book. So I... I covered the waterfront in this book. I put in all the things that meant something deeply to me over my lifetime. And um, it's a really kind of a compendium of my life. So there's a lot of material in the book, and I tried to shape it in such a way so that the life perhaps makes more sense on the page than it did to me. Well, it really comes through. So now, as promised, we'll hear the work of the Seventh Poet Laureate of Benicia, California, Thomas Stanton. Thomas Stanton has done many things in his life, and he has been a seaman, he has been a carpenter, he has been an artist, and now he's the Poet Laureate of Benicia, California. You will now be hearing Thomas Stanton, Poet Laureate Number 7 of Benicia, California. I want to write a morning prayer, but it is 6.53 in the p.m. Clouds going over, cloud bursts, and sun alternating. Now it's dark. And I want to write a prayer for my sister, Jennifer. I fancy myself a poet, and poets and prophets do not mix, do not mix. A prophet speaks in tongues later to be translated by a poet. The poet then translates the word to the sentence, to the paragraph, to the phrase, the cadence, the structure, the wound, the word, maybe. So as you can see, there are many different phases for what I'm about to say 
to be gone through. In the beginning, there was you. In the beginning, there was a woman. In the beginning, there were planets, stars, moons, and pieces of things floating to eternity. In the beginning, you offered a hand. In the beginning, you offered two hands. In the beginning, you took those two hands and you wrapped them around a stone, still forming from the mist, not yet hard, not yet floating, not yet dense, not yet defined, not yet with a temperature, not yet refined enough, and yet you took it. You gave it two wings. You gave it two legs. You gave it two arms. You gave it toes. You gave it hands. And you gave it a brain. You gave it later a face. You gave it the ability to trace expressions upon the face, eyes blinking, eyes unblinking, and you didn't give it a name. You didn't understand how the unformed stone could look so familiar, so much like yourself and be created only out of mist, out of imagination and something to do. And yet it stood apart from you. It stood apart from you. It looked at you unblinking. And when you blinked, you taught it to blink, and it blinked back. It blinked back across the abyss, only moments in infinite time between the two of you, only to be connected in eternal unending rhyme. Did you not think, goddess, that you had a face, that it saw, that it saw? Did you not think that you had an expression when it saw, when it saw? And did you not think, and did you not think you had created a God? You had created a God, and did you not think 
Did you not think that you had been created at all? And did you not think, did you not think that the first matters, the first matters, and you, you, That's our theme music, and that's about all that we have <coughs> excuse me, time for on this show. We'll say goodbye till next month. And thanks, Nina. Thanks, Jack. us understand why thousands and thousands of women, men, and children from Latin America are frantically trying to get into the United States. Yet our corporate media and our corporate government act mystified about it all. Consider the deafening silence concerning U.S. intervention in other countries, governments overthrown, democracies destroyed throughout Latin and South America. Now, Dana Frank has written The Long Honduran Night, Resistance, Terror, and the United States in the Aftermath of the Coup. It is personal, powerful testimony. She'll present it Wednesday evening, April 3rd, 7.30 at co-sponsor St. John's Presbyterian Church, 2727 College Avenue in Berkeley. This KPFA benefit has wheelchair access. KPFA producer Deanna Martinez will host Dana Frank. Tickets available at brownpapertickets.com and our supportive bookstores. Dana Frank, April 3rd. Full info on the KPFA website. Mm-hmm.